0: Please be advised that Gen X,
1: This Is Why contains adult language. I have a postcard. I mean, goddammit, I have an index card. Hi and welcome to Gen X, This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media of our shared childhood. My name is Amy, and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1974. Today we continue our blockbuster series by looking at 1978's Halloween. Jen? The description reads, On Halloween night of 1963, six-year-old Michael Myers stabs his sister to death. After sitting in a mental hospital for 15 years, Myers escapes and returns to Haddonfield to kill. All right, so uh, just a quick note here. This was way better than Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh my God, not even a competition. I mean, Nightmare on Elm Street, why did I think it was so great? I don't know. Because you have low standards? <laughs> <laughs> I you were going to say because you have low self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get started. But I have a question immediately hmm. in the opening scene. Okay, are we talking about the credits? Yeah. Okay. The credits are bad. I mean all credits were bad at well, the time. Well that's my question. Like when did that change? Because the opening good now. credits are bad. The opening credits like the whole bar on opening credits got raised like I would say like 10 years ago. Okay. Maybe, you know like 10 15 years ago. All right. Like now you have things like Westworld and shit where like the opening credits are just amazing. That's true. So it's kind of interesting because I watched this with my girls. And they almost quit during the opening <laughs> credits. The music is terrifying. The music's terrifying, but it's literally, guys, just a jack-o'-lantern with all the credits. And but the- see, like, for me, I was suffering through the music because the music does something to my mental state where they wouldn't have that. Right, but you know Gen Z. They're like, oh, uh, this is going on two minutes too long. This is boring. <laughs> this is boring. I was starting to get bored, too, to be fair. Like, to be fair. Yeah. But the music was, you know, like that has a thing for us scary. I know. And John Carpenter did all that music himself. Yes, he did. Yes, he Terrifying. did. Terrifying. Terrifying. Okay, we open on Haddonfield, Illinois. It's Halloween and children are out and about trick or treating. We approach a White House with the family inside. And I wrote, I think this is one of the first times we really see a POV camera. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know. If, I'm not sure. I didn't look it up if it's officially like that but first it's time. The first time I it's can remember. Way. Yeah, and it's like yeah, it's like that Blair Witch. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. point of view camera where it's like it's not on a boom, it's like or it's not on a, a dolly or anything. It's just walking, and you you feel it. Yeah, we peer into a window where two two teenagers are making out. They're supposed to be watching Michael, but instead they go upstairs to have sex. And I have to say something. I'm going to get this out of the way. Teenagers are super horny in the 70s and 80s. I mean i I think that is a is a general statement. It's not represented in movies today. It's not like that. Well, so do you think it's not true, or do you think it's not represented in movies today? (sighs) I mean, I gotta watch what I say here. (laughs) We're going into some weird territory. (laughs) But, um, I don't, I feel like it's true, but latter, if that makes sense. Like, like in Nightmare on Elm Street, you had a bunch of 15-year-olds hooking up. Well, I think. And I don't feel like that's the case anymore. I think it's over exaggerated in these movies. Like, I think it's purposefully over exaggerated. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's probably not reality that it's constant, but they just really put an emphasis on on it in movies at this time. Yeah, they do. It's really crazy. But I don't think that it's untrue in general. I don't think it's untrue, but I don't think you see it in movies a lot anymore. Yeah. Okay. The camera takes us inside the house. The music's playing unsettling piano music is what my uh, oh, I closed on captioning on says. The, I turned on the closed captioning halfway through because there's, like, loud shit going on outside. And Welcome I was to meeting. the club. Welcome. And it, <laughs> some of the shit it says for the music is hilarious. I know. It's always unsettling <laughs> piano music, though. Okay. So the music plays, and the, the person, we're in the POV of this person, grabs a knife. The boy, who had gone upstairs to bang Judy, comes downstairs and leaves. Did you notice the sink he grabbed the knife out of? We had that sink when we were kids. Yes, I did notice that. Judy is upstairs alone, and the camera, who we now understand is Michael, takes us upstairs, and now we know we're looking through a mask. Yep. He sneaks up on a topless Judy, because, you know, after... After I bang my teenage boyfriend, I like to just sit at my armoire naked and just, just comb my hair. I just wrote, wow, Bobby, that was fast. <laughs> so he sneaks up on topless Judy and she like looks at him and screams, Michael, and he stabs her to death. The parents pull up and realize Michael's killed someone because he like wanders out in the yard with this bloody knife. And he's like five or six years old. He's six. So I have mm-hmm. a question for you parents. Like, what What do you do in this situation? <laughs> like, your kid walk your six year old kid walks out of the house with a bloody knife. Yeah, like your kid does something awful, especially at six, because it's like, yeah, you know what I mean? It's not like they're a teenager, like making a bad decision. I mean, a really bad decision, but like, right. six year old is, what the hell, man? I know, I know. I mean, it's easy for me to be snarky and be like, just throw them in a dumpster somewhere. <laughs> but like, if it was my girls, like, you know, you still love them. Especially with twins. Were you afraid one was going to try to kill the other? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. All the time. <laughs> all right. So then we see later. It's Smith Smith's Grove, Illinois, on October 30th, 1978. It's raining really hard and storming, Jenny. So we've gone 15 years in the future. Mm-hmm. Dr. Loomis and a nurse are heading to what I assume is a mental hospital. I totally forgot about him. And then I'm like, Oh my God, the crazy doctor. I love Doctor Loomis. I love I him. Love him. <laughs> They're going to a hospital to transport Michael Myers. Loomis tells the nurse, Michael hasn't spoken a word in 15 years. And the nurse is asking questions. Like, what do I give him to go in front of the judge? And Loomis says Thorazine. And she's like, Oh my God, that'll knock him out. He's like, exactly. <laughs> I'm thinking that's me. putting my kids to bed. <laughs> Loomis says he's a crazy motherfucker. Never wants to see him out. And I wrote, uh, shouldn't they have, like, a more militarized police escort for this dude? Like, you saw how they transported Hannibal Lecter. Well, and I also have, like, the doctor talks about him in, like, inhumane terms. Like, he talks, he <laughs> oh, says yeah. it. Like, okay, I get, I get it. Like, but, like. Is, is that really what the doctor you want treating you? Know, situation? And no HIPAA. I mean, he's just <laughs> spilling everything about him. Well, she's a nurse, so she might be. She might be of, covered under yeah. it. But like, they need to put him on the goddamn hand truck, like Hannibal Lecter. Right, right. They're she going just to throw him in a station wagon. And of course, they're going to see a serial killer. Well, I don't think they were planning on taking him anywhere, were they? Yes. Oh, and so they're in the mental hospital. They were transporting wagon. him, but it has like. The cage. Oh like yeah, the, that cage is going to hold Michael Myers. And then, um, of course, they're going to see a serial killer during a wild thunderstorm because, of course, On um, mischief night. Okay, so then they approach the hospital, and guess what? The patients are just wandering around. The, wandering that was freaky. Around. That was. We talk a lot about things that are inherently creepy. That's creepy. Loose mental patients. <laughs> I feel like is a is a scary thought. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) Loomis gets out of the car. We don't know why. He runs up to the little, like, security thing. Yeah, like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what he's doing. And the nurse is attacked by someone, and it took me a while to realize it was Michael Myers. Well, and doesn't Loomis see the car flailing all over the place? I wonder what's going on. Because, of course, she hits the gas. Now, I have to tell you something. My daughters have some notes they wanted interjected here. What is this? So it's this a democracy. Samantha says, "Make sure you write down she rolls down the window like an idiot." <laughs> of course she does because it's pouring and she's being attacked. Yes. So she gets out of the car and a mental patient drives off in it. And no 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 no, someone smashes the window, the mental patient smashes so she okay. and gets her out of the it car and smashes the thing. And I'm like, "No, you can't smash a car window like that." But then when I rewound it, it looks like he has something in his hand like a rock or something. Yeah. Yeah, still don't believe it though. But she gets out of the car, and then yeah. this dude drives off in it. I did not know it was Michael Myers. Well, that well, Loomis then starts screaming. There he goes. There, like he he knew it was him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Loomis is freaking out because Michael Myers has apparently escaped, and I wrote apparently everyone has. <laughs> okay, back in Haddonfield, it's Halloween. And Jamie Lee Curtis emerges from a house. Her name is Laurie. Nice try. We're calling her Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> Here's a note, too. She was not... Of course, John Carpenter didn't want to cast her because she was a nobody. She was a nobody. Yeah. But he cast her because her mother was in Psycho, mm-hmm. Janet Lee, and he thought That's it would right. bring the film good publicity because, Jenny, this film was made on a shoestring budget. Yeah. So they made this film for $325,000. Oh, nice. And no, what exactly Okay. It was actually inspired by Psycho. It was one of the first slasher films inspired by Psycho. Okay. What did it make? $70 million. Woo! Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Okay. So Jamie Lee Curtis emerges from a house, and I thought she still looked 40, but she is only 20 at this time. She's only 20, but I have thoughts about the high school kids later. The high school kids look like grown ups. They are. That's why. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So Jamie Lee Curtis is walking down the street when some annoying kid starts harassing her and it turns out she's dropping a key off for her father. Is her father the realtor? Somebody. Who yeah. Knows. Somebody. She has to go to the Myers house, everybody and like do something. And this kid is like, Nope, don't go to the Myers house. It's haunted. Nobody's lived there since the murder. And she goes anyway. And as she walks away, we see Michael Myers watching her and you just, you just see like the shape of the mask move into like the silhouette. Like it's so the terror is so subtle in this. It's so well done. Yeah. It's really good. Um, speaking of his mask, I just want to share this little fun fact that I found his mask was created from a JT Kirk, Captain Kirk mask. They painted it white and made the <laughs> eye holes bigger and mess up the hair. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, do what you want with that info. Okay, Doctor Loomis is freaking out on the people at the mental institution. He's Michael's doctor, and he knows how serious this is. And the dude I mean, is like, "It's not my fault. You should have like did something better." He's I don't like, know. Red flag, red flag, red flag, and then yeah, didn't the dude at the mental hospital say like you've like you haven't fixed them, so it's like your fault? Yes. <laughs> and then I wrote back at school with the forty year olds. So they are, so Annie is 29 and Linda's 28, because I'm like, these guys look like they're in their 30s. Yeah. Yeah. Annie is the most annoying character ever put on film, but we'll talk about that later. I thought they were at, I thought they were in college because she, they show Jamie Lee Curtis in a class and it's like a philosophy class. Mm -hmm. Like they're talking about Samuel Clark Mm -hmm. and I'm like, in high school, come on. Yeah. It was weird. So Jamie Lee Curtis looks out the window and she sees Michael just standing there staring at her. Like, wouldn't you say
0: something?
1: Well, did you get the lecture? So I think they're talking about Samuel Clark because he talked a lot about fate. Yes. And and they're talking about how fate never changes. Like, that's, you know, there's seven, seven movies that like, yep. yep. <laughs> um, She looks again and he's still there. So by the second time, I'd be like, hey, does anyone else see a creepy dude in a mask <laughs> standing across the street? I mean, I think the only reason it's not totally alarming is because it is, like, the day before Halloween or something. So it's not like seeing somebody in a mask on that day is less terrifying than, you know, February 3rd. Yes. She looks a third time and he's gone and so is the car. And Loomis had insisted to the mental institute dude that, uh, no, the mental institute dude was insisting that Michael Myers didn't know how to drive. And Lawrence right, was like, well, somebody taught him because he drove off in our car. So that's when I first realized it was Michael Myers who drove off in the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, uh, well, no, no, because he was screaming, there he goes, there he goes. I didn't catch that. Yeah, because he was brought in when he was six. He's been in a mental institution for the last 15 years. Where the fuck do he learn how to drive? I don't know if learning drives that hard. Like, as long as you know, like, theoretically, the basics, like, gases go. Would you know that? I mean, I don't know. Mental institution. Maybe, maybe he read it in a book. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he watched it on TV. Maybe. We see that annoying kid again, and he's being taunted and teased, and his friends run away after pushing him to the ground, and one runs right into Michael Myers. Yeah, I know. And Michael Myers, like, kind of grabs him by the shoulders, but lets him go. Yeah. That kid's he's like, know. Nice. Uh, Michael is then stalking the annoying boy and he is driving in the Illinois state car. So the car is a station wagon that has the official seal of Illinois on the side because that's the car that Loomis was taking to transport him as a prisoner. And I wrote, Michael Myers is just cruising the middle, middle school. He pulls up alongside a kid and starts breathing heavy. He would be in a whole lot of trouble today. I feel like, don't these people know when they're being followed? Like, don't they sense that? Because there was a scene a little bit earlier where Michael Myers walks out on the sidewalk and Jamie Lee Curtis is walking down the sidewalk. Like, yeah. it's right after the Myers, yeah. she comes out yeah, of the yeah. Myers house. Yeah. And she doesn't even sense it. Like, don't you think he would feel it? I would feel it. Yeah. I would feel it. Weird. Maybe I'm just paranoid. Maybe. I mean, you do live in New York City. <laughs> Maybe you just feel like you have to be watching at all times. <laughs> Loomis is at a payphone somewhere, a payphone, Jen, calling Haddonfield. And he says, Michael's headed there. Michael's headed there. You know, he's like sounding he's the not, alarm. Oh, and, and then there's a random train just to terrify people in the background. Yep. And then, Jenny, just an abandoned truck. Yep. So Loomis walks over the truck and he finds Michael's what I call institutional clothing. Right. And realizes that Michael Myers took the mechanic's jumpsuit. It's a mechanic's truck. Yep. We also see a dead mechanic, but Loomis doesn't see him. Doesn't see him. He's, like, in the bushes. All right. Back in Haddonfield, Jamie Lee Curtis is walking with a friend, and they're bitching about cheerleading. Oh, God. They see Michael Myers drive by, and that's so, like, he just turns and looks at them. But, again, they think it's somebody they know because – Yes. Which I don't understand why they think it's something they know. He's in a state car. Do they know something that works for the state? That was weird, I thought, unless they just didn't notice the symbol on the car. One of them, Annie, yells that he's a jerk and he slams on the brakes. That was creepy as fuck. That was creepy. I thought that was good. That was creepy. And they're all like, uh, but then he drives away. It was just really eerie. Like he just stops and waits and they're just like, uh. Yeah. It was really (laughs) creepy. The girls reveal they'll all be babysitting tonight, only a few houses away from each other. And at one point, we see Michael Myers just standing there like he pops out from a bush. And Jamie Lee Curtis like, oh, my God, do you see that guy? Do you see that guy? But like, Annie runs over and he's not there anymore. Like, he has this tendency to just disappear. Yeah. So this is where, like, these scenes like this, like, John Carpenter's a good director. He is. Yep. He is. And he did a ton of work for this movie. He was like the director, the writer. Composer. He was only paid $10,000, but he agreed to take 10% of the profits. $70 million. Well, that probably wasn't all profit. Right, right, right. Smart man. (laughs) Actually, it was quite a bit of profit. (laughs) A lot of it was profit. (laughs) Okay, so Jamie Lee Curtis gets into her house, and she sees Michael Myers out the window, then he's gone again, and I wrote, let's take a look around her room. I have an index card. (laughs) Oh, great. On Jamie Lee Curtis's bedroom? On something hanging on her wall. Oh, okay. Is it the uh, Belgian painter? Yes. Okay, go ahead. I wasn't going to let that one go by. He's one of my favorite painters. I didn't think you would. (laughs) Go ahead. So what is the creepy-ass poster on her wall that John Carpenter obviously wants us to see? Because it's so random, right? There's, like, nothing else really decorating. Well, around. let me list off what else is in her room really quick. Okay. There's a rotary telephone, the poster you're talking about, a tennis racket, a Raggedy end doll, and a globe. Go ahead. <laughs> She's two. Um, so the poster is James Ensor. So he was born in 1860. Um, died in ni- 1949, so he lived a long time. That's a uh, long time. long time. 1860 to 1949. He was almost 90. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From Olsted, Belgium, he's considered an expressionist, so they were the precursors to the Surrealists, especially him. He was in, in a group called the 20. His most famous contemporary, which you would know, the expressionist is Monk. Mm. the scream. Yeah. So that that's the movement. Um, hanging on the wall is the self-portrait with a flowered hat. Uh, some of the theme- themes in his work are grotesque masks, skeletons, death, Christ, torture, and tormented men. He wasn't allowed to marry the woman he loved, so he went all goth. <laughs> his mom his mom ran a curio shop, and she sold, like, masks and costumes and stuff. So, like, that was a lot of his early um, influences. Painters he was influenced by were Goya and Hieronymus Bosch, who are two of my favorite painters of all time, and super creepy shit. He became convinced that only future generations would recognize his genius.
0: <laughs>
1: Jenny I feel like that's something you would say <laughs> I mean <laughs> so um, but finally he was rec- recognized later in his life he lived to, it, to his 90s he was made a baron wow yeah and uh, he was credited with opening a world of urban anxiety that would soon become a central theme in Northern Europe painting he frequented a large Mardi Gras like carnival that ended with the ball of the dead rat. He actually was the person who brought the ball of the dead rat to this carnival. And it still goes on today. And what, what is
0: that
1: it? is, it's just, it's just a costume event. Like it's a costume ball. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but it's called, and I, I looked it up cause I was like, Oh, this has got to be something crazy. Right. Like that, mm-hmm. that started in the bubonic plague times or something. No, I was wrong. It's just named after, um, a club they frequented in Paris called the Dead Rat. Oh, okay. All right. So Interesting. That, um, yeah, but he's, I mean, his themes are like masked crazy. They fit people, right in with the movie. So yeah. it kind of makes total sense. And he's, I love his stuff. I'll post some of his paintings in the, uh, you'll see. They're crazy. It's creepy. In the Mimi Bees. In the Mimi meme Bees. Say memes. it, Jenny. It exists. Mimi Bees. It exists, no matter how hard you want to pretend it doesn't. Okay. So suddenly her rotary phone rings and my closed captioning says loud chewing noises. <laughs> what? It was Annie who chews like a cow. She's so fucking annoying. I didn't notice that. And chewing oh, drives me her. crazy. So I'm I, sure I didn't know. Her. She yeah, tells Jamie Lee Curtis, she'll pick her up at six 30 and then I have unsettling piano music. And I have that. Um, remember those hot itchy sweater tights that Jamie Lee Curtis has on? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh, gross. I hated those. Jenny, what was your favorite Halloween costume? Favorite? Yeah. I don't even remember. Jenny, what was your most bizarre Halloween costume when you Probably were Probably the kid? bunch of grapes. Yeah, our grandmother hand-sewed <laughs> a bunch of grapes. It was a beautiful costume, but why was I a bunch of grapes? You were like the uh, Fruit of the Loom. I don't think that's what we were trying to be. Maybe that's what influenced Graham. I don't know. Maybe it was a precursor for how much I like wine. Maybe. I think we have a picture of you in the grape costume. I'm sure we do. We should pop that into the Mimi bees as well. Okay. So later, Jamie Lee Curtis is leaving with the pumpkin in her arms. She's waiting for Annie to pick her up. She sees trick-or-treaters. She's like smiling. She's kind of coming down from her anxiety of seeing Michael Myers well, everywhere. A crazy man in a mask is following her. So I'll, th- I'll yeah, wait outside I'll for wait my outside. ride. Annie pulls up in a 1977 Monte Carlo. <laughs> so
0: I have, have to say, who was. I was watching
1: this with. <laughs> oh, God. These long panning shots are great. Yeah. Like, the directing is good. great. The yeah. cinematography is great. Okay. Dr. Loomis is at the cemetery with some weird dude. They're looking for Judy Meyer's grave, and they find. I wrote they found that it has been dug up, but no, only the tombstone is missing. Yeah, we realized that later, but I mm-hmm. thought the grave was dug up, and he's like the 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 what is it? The Undertaker is that? Yeah, what he's like the dude. The Undertaker, Undertaker. like goddamn kids, they'll do anything for Halloween. No, dude, we don't dig up bodies for Halloween. <laughs> like that's <laughs> not normal. Why do you think that's normal? I feel like. People just took Halloween super seriously in the 70s and 80s. And in the movie called Halloween from the 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Annie and Jamie Lee Curtis are smoking pot and driving. when do, Michael. Do you Ma- hear the song? No. Don't hear the Reaper's playing? I oh, that was good. good. Nice touch. They're driving when Michael Myers pulls up right behind them. Yeah, he's like tailgating them. Mm-hmm. Even my 13-year-old kid said... He's tailgating them. (laughs) Like, I (laughs) would notice that. Uh, Annie spots her father and he's, oh, oh, oh. There was an earlier scene where um, Jamie Lee Curtis bumped into the cop for, like, a jump scare. And I wrote, oh, he's kind of creepy. So he's back, okay? And Mm -hmm. he's Annie's father. So he's investigating a hardware store robbery, Jen. He blames kids, but guess what they took? Masks, rope, and a couple of knives. Dude. Dude, Dude, this is not. This is murder. (laughs) I would be worried about this.
0: Yep.
1: (laughs) He's just like, no big deal. They they took some rope and knives and a mask. No, baby, it'll be fine. The girls drive off and Loomis pulls up and he's literally standing on the street when Michael Myers pulls away behind him. (laughs) Drives right past him. (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, the girls are driving and talking about who they're taking to the dance tomorrow night. And Michael Myers is behind them again, a really close. Their bumper, a foot away from their bumper. It's- and where is this place? Because by the time they get there, it's dark. Yes. So day turns to night and we see Annie drop Jamie Lee Curtis off at a house where she's babysitting. And Michael Myers is still behind them, but he like pa- holds back on the street a little bit. Then we see Annie park and go into a house across the street. So the house where Jamie Lee Curtis is is on one side of the street, and Annie is babysitting across the street. Okay. I have a question though: Isn't this the same neighborhood that the Myers house is in? Yes. So weren't they just in that neighborhood? Like, I, Jen, I, don't I don't know, know where they, they drove to. I don't know what they were doing. Okay, all right. I mean, they didn't have iPads. They didn't have the internet. They just drove around for fun. And so, well, like, we, they were in broad daylight, and then they drove, and it was pitch black. So that's at least. Like a half an hour. Yeah, but don't forget that she picked her up at 6.30. So it should have been dusk. Yeah, I think maybe the first thing was too bright. This was shot in Southern California. So there's your problem. We see Annie approach the house and the parents leave and Annie is babysitting and alone. I put babysitting as the number one way to get killed. Oh my God. (laughs) So meanwhile, Loomis and the cop pull up to the Myers place and they're investigating it. And the cop says no one has lived here since the murder in 1963. They find a dead dog and it's still warm and Loomis says Michael Myers must have gotten hungry. What? And the cop is like no human would kill a dog to eat it. Like when you could just get a hot dog down the street. And doctor Loomis with his amazing bedside manners like this dude is not human. Yeah. Like a yeah, he's really not a great doctor. You have Where to wonder, you know, the chicken and the egg. Like, is Michael I know Myers? You're no wonder why he's a maniac, right? Is he a maniac because of Loomis's care? <laughs> okay, they go upstairs, and Loomis is startled by something and whips out a gun, and then he starts telling the story about why he's so jumpy to the cop. First, he says, "I have a permit for this gun." <laughs> he says Michael Myers was six when he met him. He was emotionless and had the blackest eyes. He spent eight years trying to reach Michael. And another eight trying to keep him locked up because he realized he's super evil. That's- yeah, he was like he has the devil's eyes. Yeah, like that's something Graham would say, not like a trained psychologist. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Good point, Jenny. <laughs> Loomis doesn't want to alert the media because the cops are like we should put out like bulletins. I have to say this is um, this is nice that it flies in the face of the stereotype of the town, the small town. Sheriff and cops never believing the warnings. Like this guy's like on it, which I thought was good. He's on it. At the annoying kid's house, who we find (laughs) out is named Tommy, Jamie Lee (laughs) Curtis is reading to him. Annie calls, and while she's on the phone, the family dog starts going nuts. Which is a serious dog. It's a big German Shepherd. It's a big German Shepherd. There's clearly somebody outside, but Annie's like, "This dog hates me. I just I can't stand her, Jenny." So as the girls chat, the annoying kid goes to the window and sees Michael Myers standing outside of Annie's house across the street and he starts screaming. Good reaction. That the boogeyman is outside, but Jamie Lee Curtis doesn't see him, of course. So I did some research on the boogeyman because I thought I was going to do an index card on that, but like it's just high level, super ancient. Like no one really knows where the original term came from. There's like a million different things in different languages that connect to it. Mm -hmm. It's weird that they just really don't know where it started, but it's, it's basically like fear to keep people in line. Oh, okay. All right. So Annie, meanwhile, is in the kitchen still on the phone. Jenny, she spilled something on herself. And what do you do when you spill something on yourself? Okay. I have a question. (laughs) Go. Do you take off all of your clothes when you splash some sauce on your shirt? Not unless I want to terrify everyone within the 30-mile radius. No. Wait, what What is she doing? Who wants like, to see that? First of all, I didn't see anything douser. So, like, she got some butter on her shirt, I guess, and rips off all of her clothes. Her entire outfit. No bra. Her no. entire outfit. And then she's, like, screaming to the kid that she's babysitting who's, like, in a trance. Yeah. I even forget the kid's name. I don't even have it written down. Stacy? I don't know. Lindsay. Lindsay? Lindsay?
0: She, you know who that is.
1: No. You don't know who Lindsay is? No, it's Alicia. It is not. It's the same up. actress. It is the same actress.
0: Are you? Because sure? I am like,
1: I am like, wow, she has that like weird little house on the prairie acting style where she's like, you know, like Carrie. <laughs> and I looked it up because I want to see how old she was. Wow, and like, oh, how old is everyone thing? Wow, it's fucking Alicia. It's the same actress, Alicia from Kyle Little Richards. House on the Prairie. Wow. <laughs> Okay, for our noticed. for complete coverage of our thoughts of Alicia and Carrie and the lack of pre-K in Walnut Grove, tune into our Walnut Grove series, our little house series. Okay, she gets completely naked, and she's screaming to Lindsay to get her robe, but she settles for like, a man's dress shirt that was hanging on the back of the door in the kitchen. The dog, we, we hear heavy breathing outside because, of course, okay, here's another instance. He's standing there watching her get dressed, and we, my closed captioning says heavy breathing. Okay. My girls are like, he's a perv. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. 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 But I think he just can't breathe under that mouth. I guess. So the dog comes up and attacks him. So you hear the dog barking, and then you just hear a whimper, and then silence. Lester is saving her life, and she's not even appreciating it. And nobody checks this shit. Nope. Nope. Okay. At Jamie Lee Curtis's house, she and Tommy are watching The Thing, and Tommy has some real anxiety. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis, like, tries to reason with him, but he's not having it, and they decide to carve a pumpkin. So, the whole Lindsay is Alicia thing, I have a new game I'd like to introduce. Mm, okay. You know, you know the six degrees of separation of Kevin Bacon? Yes. I think there's a six degrees of separation to Walnut Grove. Okay. Because so many of them were on, were on, um, Love Boat, too. So that's a good vehicle into Walnut Grove. I agree with that. Okay. They're all over the place now that I'm looking for them. (laughs) Them. (laughs) Okay, Dr. Loomis. (laughs) Okay, so Jenny, in, in the weirdest setup I've ever seen, the house in which Annie is babysitting has a detached laundry room that's like in the backyard. Why is there an outhouse of a laundry room? Like why is there a laundry room outhouse? I don't know. And that house is beautiful. Like those people clearly have money. Is it like a servant's quarters? Like what is it? I I don't don't understand. So somehow this idiot gets stuck in a window. In the washer and dryer room. Well, they, they needed an opportunity to show her panties because that's a thing. So she gets a call that she has to go pick up her boyfriend and the little girl, like, goes and saves her. It's, it's a whole thing. You see Michael Myers around, like, he's trying to get her, but he doesn't. So Lindsay got the shit end of the babysitting stick. Like, this chick is awful. <laughs> I kind of wrote later, like, babysitters in the 70s, you were not sending us your best. Nope. Nope. No. Mm -mm. So she takes the little girl over to where Jamie Lee Curtis is watching Tommy and drops her off. So how great would have been to have that nerd friend who was like super responsible that you could like dump all your responsibility on? Like that would have been great. We didn't have that. All our friends were, were just as irresponsible as we were. So she gets in her car, and Michael Myers is waiting in her car. This is Annie. Gets in her car to go pick up her boyfriend. She tries to get in the car. It's locked. And she's singing. She goes back into the house. She's singing, which I hate, and she's whistling, Mm -hmm. which I hate. She goes back into the house. I hate whistling. Like I can actually feel myself physically punching someone when I- I can't do it. I don't know how to whistle. So she gets it, and she goes back, and then she- the door's not locked anymore. She uh-huh. just opens it, and she doesn't even realize. It's like, dude, someone unlocked the uh-huh. door while you were gone in the house for five minutes. Like, there's someone in the car. She gets in the car. And Michael Myers kills her ass. But he's not yeah. good at it, yeah. Jenny. He's not good at the killing. He's not. He, he, he seems... Well, I think this is part of the maniac thing that they're building into the narrative, because he seems to like to strangle them for a little while before he stabs yeah. them. But, I mean... Does he have superhuman strength or doesn't he? Because that's a thing that comes later in the later movies, I think. Yeah. It takes him a while to strangle her. Well, it's hard to strangle someone. Mm, put that on our list. It's physically <laughs> hard to strangle. Jenny, could you strangle someone in, an, in two minutes? Well, it depends. So if you do the correct chokehold hold in jujitsu, you put a V around oh, your neck and you press on the blood flow and you knock a person out. That doesn't kill them, but it knocks them out. What he's doing is crushing the windpipe. That's really hard to do. Yeah. Back at Jamie Lee Curtis's, she and the kids are are watching the thing again. Everybody's watching this. It's a good movie. Tommy looks it. out the window and sees Michael Myers carrying a body into the house. This poor fucking kid just witnessed a murder. He starts freaking out and Jamie Lee Curtis yells at him. Yep, it's fine. You just witnessed a murder. Don't worry. It's cool. You're Can good. I tell you something my kid said? This is such a Gen Z thing to say. I think it was Penelope. He goes, I feel really bad that nobody's hearing that kid out. <laughs> Welcome to the me. 70s, Penelope. Yep. <laughs> no one heard kids out in the 70s. You were told to shut up and go to bed. Meanwhile, some neighborhood kids try to sneak into the Myers house and Loomis scares them off. Like really weird. Well, I saw Loomis nearby and I'm like, he has a golden opportunity here. I hope he takes it. <laughs> The cop comes up to him and tells him, it's been pretty quiet. It, Jenny, he's starting with, I don't believe you. Well, he's starting, I mean, at this point, I get it. At this point, I'd be like, dude. Yeah. Loomis does some, what does he call it? Fancy talking? Scary talking, the cop? I don't know. And he, Loomis is like, it's happening. I'm telling you, it's happening. So the cop agrees. Like, okay, you know, we'll give it tonight. Was All this right. the point where, did, did Loomis tell him that he saw the car? No, not yet. Okay. Outside of Annie's house, Linda and her boyfriend, Bob, pull up. And these two are God, something. God. They are something. Did they're you catch drinking. the conversation in the van? Are they drinking Budweiser? They're drinking Budweiser. Okay. And they're in a big blue van. Did you catch the conversation where they're talking about ripping people's clothes off? Yes. Did you catch how he's like... I'm like, did he say rip Lindsay's clothes off? Oh, what (laughs) did you? I had to rewind it. I had to re this is when I put on the captioning because I had to rewind it. And I'm like, because he's like, let me get this straight. Okay, so I'll rip your clothes off, you rip my clothes off, and then we'll rip Lindsay's clothes off. And I'm like, isn't Lindsay six? And then I'm like, do I have the wrong person? Am I thinking Lindsay's Annie? Like, oh my God, poor Alicia, (laughs) get out of there, man. (laughs) Leave that guy, leave Hmm. that guy immediately. I have a a note on the actress who plays Linda. She's 29. She is 29. Her name is PJ souls and she was married to Dennis Quaid at the time. Oh, and here's something weird. When I was researching her, I read that she was in Carrie and that Brian De Palma who did Carrie and George Lucas held joint casting sessions for Carrie and star Wars. Wow. (laughs) That's weird. I just thought that was really weird, and she like auditioned for Princess Leia, but ended up getting a role in Carrie. Earth chick, yeah. Oh god, yeah. Okay. I just thought that was weird. Like those two things don't go together. That's funny because I have notes on Bob. Oh god, his okay. name is John Michael Graham. Because I am like this guy went nowhere. I just know it. <laughs> so <laughs> we hope. I couldn't even find his birthday on IMDb. Oh like, my I god. god. Works at Walt Disney World in Journey Into the Jungle Book. Whoa, what is that? It's one of those rides, like where there's like actors, like, wow, doing scenes. Oh my God, I feel like we need to, Mimi's, if any of you are in Florida, like, I feel like we need to go see him. We need to find this dude. Okay, so they head into the house and it's completely dark. And all they want to do, Jen, is bang. That's all teenagers want to do. And all it says is unsettling piano music. Yep. They start making out on the couch, unsettling piano music. Michael Myers is standing there. Dramatic synth pulse.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. Linda calls Jamie Lee Curtis and asks where Annie is. And like, no one knows where she is. And no one seems concerned because Annie's a fucking weirdo. Because she went to up her boyfriend, God knows where yeah. she went after that. She probably went to Bangham by a river somewhere. Yeah. Yep. Linda and Bob are just so excited to fuck. So excited. And they're like, in the parents, like, these parents are going to be, where are these parents? And I they're have a note on that. I have a note on that. After they bang, they smoke in bed. And <sighs> for some reason, that was worse to me. And I was going, they're smoking in someone else's bed. And then Timmy goes, they, all they just had sex in someone else's bed. Really, it's like, what, are the parents coming home at night? Like, what the hell is happening? Jenny, what kind of things were done in beds in the 70s and 80s that parents don't know about? Oh, God. All right. Bob heads downstairs to grab them beers and guess who's waiting for him down there jenny so i have like a, a horror movie lesson turn on lights turn on lights turn on lights mhm mhm and i also have a note at least people are getting laid before they get murdered and then i was like oh my god isn't that the message i feel like that there was some kind of lore about like this movie was about like um like sexual permissiveness yes there was there was weird. some lore about that you're absolutely right I kind of remember that. So Michael Myers kills him, and this is the first time we kind of see Michael Myers exhibiting like this superhuman strength, because he yep. lifts him up and like pins him to the wall with the knife. Nope, no, no, no. That knife is not getting through somebody's body. It's definitely not holding up. But that's what he lead, did, right? Of, like a hundred and seventy pound guy. Yeah, I'm just saying okay. it doesn't. I thought you sense. were having issue with my recollection. No, of no, 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 no. You you have the correct recollection, okay. but it it. There's fuzzy physics there. There's no way that would happen. I don't know where this went off the rails, this next scene. (laughs) But I wrote, (laughs) oh, my God. Oh, my God. He then dresses like a ghost. He throws a sheet over him. This was one of the few bad scenes. Puts Bob's glasses over the sheet. So if you can imagine this, guys. Jenny, I'm going to get a still of this and and put it in the Mimi bees (laughs) Because he looks like... He looks like Captain Caveman when he dressed up for Halloween. He looks like Ghost Dad. <laughs> so he's standing there and he's like breathing real heavy. And Linda's like smoking. And of course, she's still naked. And she's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Give me your beer." Oh, no, I'm sorry. She's not naked because then she rips her top off and says, do you see something you like here? I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, all of the like people it's- are so horned up all the time. <laughs> At some point. Can't she tell it's not him or that something's weird? Like, sh- these people have no sense of, of these I things. Know. She gets pissed and she starts yelling. And then she hops out of the bed and calls Jamie Lee Curtis. On the rotary phone with no caller ID. Yep. Jamie Lee Curtis answers and thinks it's Annie. And Linda is being strangled and screaming on the other end of the line. And Jamie Lee Curtis is like, oh, very funny, Annie. But to be fair, it kind of sounds like sex. It did sound like sex. <laughs> And that's why I think she thought it was
0: Annie.
1: Yes. <laughs> Doesn't know because no caller ID. No caller ID. So Loomis is waiting outside by the Myers house still. When he I just have a I have a thing about Loomis. Oh go ahead. Like, isn't the trench coat just a little on the nose? <laughs> I don't know. Loomis is waiting outside when he sees the car, the state car. Dark foreboding music. He runs and approaches the car, but no one is in it. Okay. So now he knows. He's in town. He's in town. He's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis is starting to get suspicious, Jen. So she tucks the kids in, locks the door, and heads over to Annie's house. Because, of course, you would leave children alone in the house when you think there could be some crazy maniac on the loose. She goes in, unsettling piano music. <laughs> She's yelling for all of her friends and no one answers. So I wrote, let's review. It's Halloween. You've been seeing a creepy dude in a mask following you all day. The kid you're babysitting keeps screaming that the boogeyman is outside. One of your friends is missing. Another friend just called you while clearly being choked out. And you not only go into their house, but walk in while it's dark in the house and the doors are unlocked. Again, turn lights on. Great decision making. I just have, God, her waist is so small. And if a house is dark and a door is left open and it's Halloween, do not go in. Haunting piano do music. Do not go in. And number one, do not go in if the dog is missing. Well, I don't even know if like she knows that, but if and if you do go in, she knows definitely. that because she heard the dog being annoying on the phone with Annie earlier. Oh, that's right. Now she goes over. There's no dog. There's no dog. If, Maybe she just doesn't realize it though. If you walk into my house and there's no dog, I'm immediately running the other direction. Yeah. And if you do go in like a fool, don't go upstairs. What are you doing? It's and turn on a fucking light. Call the police before you go over there. Hey, can yeah. you come come with me? I'm scared. I'll play. I think I don't think you can <laughs> dial nine one one and be like, "Come with me. I'm scared." <laughs> I know the response. Can, can I tell you something that happened while we're watching this? So while we're watching this, the puppy decides he has to go out. Okay. Oh, So, Timmy and I are busy. I'm doing this and taking notes, and Timmy's playing this game on his iPad on the couch. So, Samantha goes, I'll take him out. Uh I said, put him on the leash. Okay? Because we live in the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Samantha goes outside without putting the dog on the leash and has Timmy's big flashlight with her. And she's like, oh, my God, I see glowing eyes in the field over there. I know. And I'm like, what is it? It turned out to be a coyote. We have, Holy like, shit. a huge coyote stalking us around here. Oh, my God. I'm screaming, get the dog, get the dog, because my puppy is little. Yeah. And Timmy goes running out with his shotgun and fires two shots off to scare the coyote away. Jesus the coyote Jesus. runs up the mountain behind us.
0: Oh, my like, God. Like, we almost
1: lost Arlo. Hmm. But imagine Samantha like I make her watch Halloween, and I send her out to the scary field, and she sees eyes staring at her. <laughs> <sighs> All right. So Jamie Lee Curtis is in the house, and she wanders upstairs, and Jen she comes across quite the scene. Quite the scene. <laughs> she there is Annie dead and spread out on the bed with Judith Myers. Full, intact gravestone above How much does this thing weigh? And he's just lugging this around? I said to the girls, that has to weigh 200 pounds. Oh, easily. Easily. Yeah. And he's just lugging it around. Nope. Nope. Okay. Jamie Lee Curtis starts freaking out, and then Bob's body No, she doesn't. No, she doesn't freak out enough. Like, she sees everyone dead and screams. She just starts whimpering and crying against the wall and sobbing. Well, I think she's paralyzed with fear. I would have jumped out that fucking window. I wouldn't even gone back through the house. <laughs> I would have just gone out in that little balcony and jumped off. Well, and suddenly Michael Myers, who's able to like stalk prey, no problem. Suddenly he can't kill anybody because he comes out and he swipes at her misses, And she, she had his knife at one point. She takes a tumble that would have knocked her unconscious. Well, over it would have the my- railing from the second floor. Onto the stairs below. Yeah, like she would have been better off jumping off that little balcony into the grass. She would have been less hurt. She would have been out of the house. There's three dead bodies in that room. Jump out the window. It's time. So he starts chasing her through the house and she manages to get outside. And I wrote, she's doing the exact right thing. She is running outside, screaming screaming at the top of her lungs. lungs. But unfortunately, it's Halloween Halloween. and people are not (laughs) falling for this. I still those people that the neighbor's house that she screams on their porch and they shut the light off her maybe because it was Halloween I might not have opened the you door but not. I definitely would have called the police you would not have opened the door I definitely would have called the police you would police, have been though. like you're being too loud you're annoying me shut the fuck up no would have if someone was screaming help I would have looked outside and been like hey police there's someone screaming help in the middle yeah, of the street something. like come check us out yeah. yeah. so what does she do Jen she decides to run back into the house where the two innocent children are yeah, yeah, let's let's lure the murderer over yep. there. So she gets in the house. Tommy opens the door, and she gets in, and she tries to call the cops, but the phone is dead. I forgot you could cut phone lines. Then, oh yeah. Man. Many <laughs> many a teenager died in yeah. horror movies from the <laughs> cut phone line. That's another thing. You, I used to always think to myself, if I pick up that phone, it's dead. I'm running. I'm getting out of the house, and I'm running. It's not fast that's not a thing anymore. Yeah. Michael Myers is stalking around the outside. And he tries to, he gets in, and then he tries to stab her and misses again. And when he does, she stabs him with a crocheting needle in the neck, and he falls to the floor. Don't believe he's dead. Don't believe he's dead. And she has his knife, Mm -hmm. but she's just sitting there chilling. Yep. Loomis is literally wandering the street outside. The cop pulls up, and Loomis tells him about the car and says to watch the house because Michael Myers is nearby. She's just laying there. She thinks he's dead. Mm -hmm. First of all, I would not trust that. Mm -mm. And you know what I have, Mm Anne? Strike first, strike hard, no
0: mercy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She didn't follow the rules of Cobra. It's it's apt. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis hobbles upstairs, gets the kid. She tells them the boogeyman is dead, but then he comes up right behind her. (laughs) She's like, don't worry. Everything's okay. She's bleeding. I can can summarize this next, the next scene in, in a simple sentence. Jamie Lee Curtis makes some bad decisions. Oh yeah. 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 She Many hides in a decisions. closet and this is an ongoing theme too. So Michael Myers can carry around a 300 pounds tombstone. He yep. can lift a dude up with one hand, but you he can't lift down a, a closet door. He can and also in Annie's house he can't bust through a hollow door. Yeah. An interior hollow door like I could kick. Oh, you could knock that off. I could the, like, knock that down in, in 2 seconds. Head. Put that on the list. The best thing is she opens the doors to the little balcony, Mm -hmm. I guess, to make it look like maybe she ran out and she would go out, but then goes and hides in the closet. Jump off the fucking balcony. I know. What are you doing? I know. Jenny, put that on the list that I'm going to kick down some interior hollow doors. Okay. (laughs) I've done that before. I've actually done that before. I think I'm going to have to go to Dad's. He just installed some new interior doors that I think are hollow. I'll kick those suckers in. we were all drunk at, at my friend's Valerie's old house and uh, we were having a party and this is when we were all in karate, in karate martial arts. And we decided to, she she had a door that somebody had punched into like years before and like she was moving out. So like she was going to replace the door and <laughs> we decided that we were going to kick it down and it was super fun, but it wasn't made of wood. It was made of like something else and it, it gave us all these tiny scratches mm. all over our arms from punching it and kicking it. Nice. And we were at brunch the next day. It looked like, like kittens attacked us.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was fun, though. Okay. You should definitely bust down a door. All right. I'm you. going to. Yeah. Uh, Michael Myers breaks the door down finally, and Jamie Lee Curtis stabs him in the eye with a wire hanger. That was unbelievable. That was like unbelievable. Kind of aim you would need, and like it, it, its not strong enough to go into the like. It might have poked his eye, right? But then he falls down. He dro- Well, he ground. drops his knife, and then she stabs him, and he falls down. Yeah, she hits him. Oh, with the yeah, knife yeah, 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 yes, yeah. And he right, falls okay. down, and he appears dead. She's, She's pretty. Scrappy. Then she does what she should have did from the first minute. Tells the kids run down the street. Get to somebody's house and call the police for us. No, 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 no. What she should have done first. She's next to his body laying on the floor, which he stabbed sort of kind of with his knife. You go Cobra Kai on that shit. No mercy. He's not dead. He not Stab dead. him a thousand times. So <laughs> the kids run out the door screaming and Michael Myers comes back to life and Loomis happens to be walking by. The kids run out of the house and lose their shit. Good for and them. I turned to my kids. I said, they're doing the exact right thing. <laughs> they're going nuts. Yep. I tell my kids all the time, like, we live kind of on a country road. And I'm always like, if anybody approaches you, you start screaming. Because there's <laughs> enough houses around that it will draw attention. And I feel like if kids are screaming, people will do something. 100%. Like, it's not the same as an yep. adult. All right. The kids run out the door. Loomis is walking by inside Jamie Lee curse and Michael Myers are wrestling and Jen, she takes his mask off. I know. I didn't realize we saw his face. Yeah. That's a different actor though. That's not the, that's not the other dude. No, this is a different guy. This is the stunt man. No, they hired some dude for this face. I don't know. I- like they paid him like a hundred bucks. Okay. <laughs> Loomis walks in and shoots him six times. So, Loomis unloads a clip into this guy's chest. And he falls out a window backwards. Right. Jamie Lee Kerr says, it was the boogeyman. And Loomis says, as a matter of fact, it was. Then Loomis looks out the window, and guess what, Jen? He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. All right. And then we just hear a ton of heavy breathing. Yeah. the credits roll. Well, that tells us he's still alive. He's still alive. And the sequel does pick right up. I feel like there's a lot of information in the sequel that I may have to watch. Cause like they don't talk about how he's related to Lori. Right. That's why he's after her. Right. Like I remember him being obsessed with Lori. Yeah. Because it, he's, she's his family somehow. Right. But I don't know how. I don't remember how. Yeah. Okay. So overall thoughts, Jenny. It was, it was scary. Like it was tense. It was very tense. Like I want, I wouldn't say it was scary, but it was, um, yeah, like you were tense watching it. It was very, um, there was a lot of sus- suspense. It was good. I thought it was good. Wait, I didn't. Compare, compare this 30 minutes to The Nightmare on Elm Street, 30 minutes. Like I didn't even look at, or uh, uh, an hour and 30 minutes. I didn't even look at my clock. Jenny, how much, because we talked about the budget being so cheap for this movie. I mean, they paid the actor, Nick Castle, who played Michael Myers, 25 bucks a day. They paid John Carpenter ten grand, like we talked about. They paid Loomis. Wait, what did you say they paid Loomis? Twenty thousand. Twenty thousand dollars. He was supposed to be the big name. He was in a couple Bond films, like that was. Yeah. it. Yeah. So I wonder. Can we pause here and look up the budget to make Nightmare on Elm Street? Pause. We're back. Definitely more, but not a lot. A Nightmare on Elm Street had an estimated budget of 1.8 million. They had a lot of effects, and they had like they had to build that whole like his face and his costume. Like they had a lot of. And don't forget the famous scene where his arms stretch out. That was so stupid. Scratch on shit. <laughs> and but the scene like- where that chick Tina is being thrown up against the wall in the ceiling. There's nothing fancy in this movie. And then they have, like then it. they had the actor who played Ron Lane's you know heroin habit to uh The co-cancers to support. This movie's not fancy. It doesn't have to be. It's not. It's just well done. Mm It's well done. Okay. So at the end of every episode, Jenny and I will go back and we will talk about maybe an idea or a theme that we took with us into adulthood or something we noticed for the first time on the rewatch. We call it our why. So, Jenny, I'm going to go first today. Okay. Because my why was already mentioned. Oh, okay. This is why you always stab someone eighty-seven times when you think they are dead. Always, always. I mean, yes, cops may call it overkill. Yes, you're probably going to get a harsher sentence. You know what? Better safe than sorry, because that motherfucker is going to grab your ankle again. And this is something I feel like Gen X really—you know—we were the audience for all of these slasher films. Mm -hmm. Michael Myers, Jason, Freddie, all of this shit. We are conditioned to think the maniac is never dead. Yeah. So when you, you know, and I say this, Often, I'll be like, oh, my God, stab that motherfucker 117 times. Or he's not dead. He's not down. Keep beating on him. Like, I apply it to different things. Where are you saying this? (laughs) Like, when we're watching other shows, like, that are not horror movies. At the PTA meeting. (laughs) (laughs) Believe me, I could say it at the PTA meeting. But I'm always like, nope, not dead. Not dead. Nope. Like, I, I just don't understand why people keep falling for this. Just go to town. Cover the house in blood. <laughs> or and or get out. Like they just. Don't even get out. There. Don't even get Either. out. You know what? But like if, if you can't bring yourself to stab somebody in the chest 16 times, which I get. Okay. Can I. She, she sits there and sobs. Like just run. Get out. Can I offer another alternative? Cut his head off. With, with that knife. With that knife. We Cut his, his head off. Talked uh, we talked about this on Little House. That knife's not getting through bone. If, what if you just worked at it hard enough? You need a bone saw. Cut something off. Like cut all of his cut his feet off. You could cut his fingers off, probably. Yeah, definitely. You go. Hold on, I'll be back. I have to dismember this person. This is of gross. All right, Jenny. What is your why? So I have two. The one is related to yours. Okay. This is why you joined Cobra Kai. (laughs) No mercy. No mercy. No mercy. Strike Um, first. Strike hard. No mercy. No, that's not my real why. This is why I'm so thankful that we had engaged grandmothers who lived near us. Oh, yes. We didn't have psychotic babysitters. We did not have psychotic babysitters. And let me tell you, if we didn't have grandmothers who babysat us almost every weekend, right? Friday and Saturday Mm -hmm. night. We definitely, and our parents could afford it. We definitely would have babysitters like this. We were, there's no question. We okay, so we were exposed to a babysitter like this. Yes, so we, we were. Talk about this yes, we were. Our neighbors. We grew up in a neighborhood <laughs> with like our neighborhood was great. There were one, two, three, four, like four houses, and everybody had two siblings in the house. So it was like a group of eight kids that grew up really tightly knit. Because the ones nine, three. right, right, right. Okay. So our neighbors across the street, it was a boy and a girl. The they for some reason the parents got a babysitter, even though their grandparents were around, but they got a babysitter. They got a babysitter for like so we're all latchkey kids and stuff. And I guess the the older sibling was a boy and he got into trouble. We're just gonna call him out Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) He got into some kind of trouble. So then they got a babysitter to be there when he got home. No, 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 no. During the the summer. summer. Right. So we were all like our mom right. stayed home with us until we were like 10 or 11, until I was 10 this or was 11. Later, this was later. No, I was 11. Right, right, right. So so during the summers, once the parents all went back to work, we were just alone. Yeah. So Jamie had to get a babysitter because he, yeah. was, he, he got, got into some, into kind, some kind of trouble. And let me tell you something. This babysitter was epic. <laughs> this babysitter was a worse influence <laughs> on us than if we had no one. All <laughs> I remember about her is her name was Lisa. She was maybe 1920. Was she that old? I remember her smoking in the house. She was 18 at least. I remember her smoking in their house. My God. And I remember it ended with some kind of charges being brought or threatened <laughs> because they were like, what were they, they doing? They were threatening. They were prank, prank calling and threatening people. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember Jamie was in love with her. <laughs> Jamie was, because I was like 13, so Jamie had to be like 12, like he was about 12, I think. But you can't blame him, like who thought of no. that? Like that'd be like mom and dad hiring some hot, you know, troubled guy who's like 17 to babysit us. It, it was definitely worse than if we had no babysitter. <laughs> it was definitely worse. She had us doing things that we never would have thought of. <laughs> oh my god she was amazing <laughs> so yeah um, babysitters not a great so idea we had, we had our two grandmas and one night we'd been at one of their houses and the other night we'd been at the other and like we didn't have this shit going on we were watching fantasy island and love boat Yep. but I'm telling you if if they weren't around we would have had these babysitters 100% no we might have even had Lisa yeah you never know yep. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. Because our mother and Jamie's mother were very good friends. So Lisa might have been shared amongst the families. <laughs> so so both of our grandmothers have passed, but thank God for them. Thank Thanks, God man. for them. Yeah. <laughs> Jenny, why don't you tell everyone uh what we have in the can coming up for Blockbusters? We're doing uh we we've done it already. It's Top Gun. So Top we'll Gun, yeah. We pushed Top Gun back. We were gonna release it, and then we decided to have that poll that
0: <laughs> which was a mistake.
1: <laughs> I knew it would be. If you're not in our Facebook group, join our Facebook group. It's called the Mimi Bees, M-E-M-E-B. We do some giveaways in there. Uh, And, you know, we just basically talk Gen X things and things related to the podcast. Again, we're doing Little House on our main feed, but we've been doing blockbusters periodically throughout. We just did Nightmare on Elm Street, now Halloween. So you'll hear Top Gun next. Anything else? Uh, I don't think so. All right. Again, find us on Facebook, connect with us. We're on Instagram too. We do have a Twitter account, but I don't really use it a lot. I never looked at I it. I hate Twitter. Yeah. It's the garbage dump of social media. <laughs> I feel like anything um, that that's good to hear from Twitter just gets reposted on Facebook yeah. or Instagram or somewhere. Yeah. All right. So thanks a lot for listening and we'll see you next time. Hi everyone, thanks for listening. If you enjoy what you hear, please consider leaving a five star review on Apple iTunes. Every review helps new listeners find us and helps us find new listeners. You can connect with Jenny and me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Y. Letter X, spell out the Y. We also have a Facebook group called the Mimi Meme Bees, M E M E B. The link is on our Facebook page. Thanks for listening and see you soon.
0: Hold up.